I can brand anything. <laughs> Apparently so, yes. <laughs> and it's <laughs> fucking annoying. Jinsaw, <laughs> <laughs> uh, where we secretly hate each other's success. Yeah, basically. Like when we were talking backstage at Salon, I was like, when I see being really funny in front of an audience, it just makes me feel really annoyed. <laughs> irritates me I'm like oh there's another funny comeback fuck that bitch oh that was that was quick I didn't even think of that yet would you get it sometimes my one is when you've I think it was I think it was before lockdown pre-lockdown when I was watching you and I think you came back to someone and it was something I hadn't heard you do because like we know each other's comebacks we know them because we have them in a book in the back of our head and it was something I hadn't heard you do and I had predicted in my head what you were going to say. And because you said something completely out of left field, I felt so irrationally angry. <laughs> I was just like, what? Did she got have new material? When did she get new material? <laughs> Our relationship is oh. lols. <laughs> oh. Oh, that's lovely. Thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, but I think its growth is due to the fact we're open about it. I think it's important. Communication is key. Side note, one of our listeners sent me a video of her as a zombie. Did she send it to yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Because I was like... <laughs> yeah, you're hired. You, you can stay. Thank you. It's really good. I, I love it, the people that get into it and they, they hold on to like one thing in there. And I'm like... We did a whole episode that had so much information. Oh, but no, no, okay. Zombies. Yep. Zombies. That's fine. I'll take it. Do you know that Las Iguanas has a passion fruit zombie cocktail that's basically like 700 types of rum and then you die? Oh, God, that sounds so sugary. I know. I miss Las Iguanas. Do you? Yeah. Oh, it's just tacky and fabulous oh i miss late nights he hasn't even started and i miss them <laughs> you were just talking about how it's not a big deal and not a problem no i mean like for all the restrictions you can put in that i understand it but i, I miss the kind of not thinking twice about mm. when we used to like finish a show and go out and then find another dingy bar and oh it was supposed to not be a late night but here we are and it's 4am and i'm sitting in some kind of shack in east london downing <laughs> colorless liquid shots that taste yeah. like gravel but i'm loving it <laughs> i'm trying to figure out how to get home from leighton <laughs> and talking to the bouncer about home baking yeah <laughs> brilliant brilliant no I, that is actually something that i think we all really miss um, we miss the spontaneity what of our life used to be like now mm. everything has to be so planned and so thought out which is fine it's just um just takes the flavor out of our life a little bit so i think we're just a bit we're in a very beige time in our lives coronavirus strips the flavor out of your mouth and your social life you savored every single word of that yeah, because I just, I enjoy it when my brain actually does something exciting nowadays. <laughs> it happens rarely. It's like, do a dance. I've been quick and funny. <laughs> She's been on stage one night. I know, literally. Best night of my life. Be honest, you enjoyed getting that feeling back. It was that moment after the show on Friday in full regalia where you're just like, oh, yes, we're special again. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, mine is when I walk onto stage. It's the first it's the first 10 seconds of every act. That's when I feel like, oh, mm, I didn't even do anything and you're happy I'm here. <laughs> I feel like a straight girl who's just had sex with a woman for the first time. 
lol. <laughs> hey, listeners, <laughs> today's topic. <laughs> we thought that we would handle a light-hearted topic. <laughs> we thought we'd wade in on some serious battles to do with, you know, virginity and, of course, the ever-swelling monolith of the patriarchy crushing our souls of every tiny movement. So we thought today we'd lighten the mood and talk about conspiracy theories I really love that we're going on this journey because a few weeks ago I was was very much like I want to do more broader subjects I think it will widen our range and now I'm like we are so far away from burlesque I know so far away from burlesque (laughs) I had that panic too I think maybe we should do burlesque episode next week yeah I absolutely had exactly the same thought process creepy I do really really want to see though if over the course of this episode we can come up with a burlesque conspiracy theory I've been trying to think of one for TJ's and haven't got there yet. I annoyingly have so many good burlesque conspiracy theory stories that I definitely can't do on this podcast. Amazing. But yeah, conspiracy theories. Anyone who's familiar with any of my work, I am a huge fan of conspiracy theories. This is like a really, really, really exciting episode for me. I did a lot of research, God, like seven years ago when I finally got into conspiracy theories. And my main one I focus on is the lizard theory, the um, reptilian theory. I myself don't really believe in many conspiracy theories but i love the creativity and the optimism of conspiracy theorists i had this person tell me once and i think you'll enjoy this where they thought conspiracy theorists were adorable and lovely and nothing speaks truly like blind optimism like conspiracy theorists because obviously none of them have ever worked in events or general management the idea that people could do their job seamlessly with no one knowing and no one fucking up is absolutely blindly adorable it's like oh okay you've never worked in any management at all oh i hadn't considered that that ultimately it's an expression in your extreme faith in mankind because i mean we're just not that organized <laughs> We're not that organised. Have you ever tried to get someone to send you their fucking tracks on time? No, there's no way in hell we could actually organise something so slick and seamless as to cover up the existence of entirely different species that's running the world. But am I a lizard? Which in and of itself, I think, sums up conspiracy theories brilliantly, because on the one hand, you can have that opinion. And on the other hand, what is also true is that a lot of our modern conspiracy theories are really just vehicles for fascism and the far right to take you from believing something that seems completely harmless into an absolute arena of hell, where all of a sudden you're dobbing and your neighbours are marching down the streets um, in a Nazi salute. (laughs) I'm thinking it's regular. Oh, wow. It's a really interesting turning point. And like researching people who do believe in conspiracy theories is fascinating like them themselves and the language that is used is remarkable but i'm sure we'll get into that during the episode but before we do that i'm gonna do the thing where i i, I define a thing and then it makes me feel smart so that Yay! i can just ramble on for the rest of the episode do you define conspiracy theories that's good i see if you yeah. i did it too so do yours i'm sure it'll be the same thing but um, um, i'm pretty, pretty sure yeah. it's the same thing i think we both we were it, the first one yeah. <laughs> I actually have two, I actually, that's a lie. I have two definitions because I have the Google definition, uh, dictionary definition, and I have the Wikipedia definition. So it's not too far from each other. Yeah, I think they're the same. (laughs) Fine. Go for it. Uh, Belief, uh, right. A belief that some covert but influential organisation is responsible for an unexplained event. Snap! Is that, snap! Brilliant. I think we should stick with that one because that is pretty much it. It's the idea that something going on that is being held secret from you, and the most adorable thing about conspiracy theorists is that they think they're so special that they figured it out. Oh. That's what conspiracy theory comes down to. I, my theory about conspiracy theory is the desperate need to feel unique and special and smarter than others. Mm. This is what I think. It's the same reason people dye their hair green is so they can feel special <laughs> and unique, and it makes sense. You're acting out 
you're acting out like teenagers. So first things first, I have four conspiracy theories to talk about and then stats about people who believe in them. Oh, cool. I didn't go into too much detail. So that's good about like specific ones. So I'm more kind of read a lot more about like how they interconnect, mm. why we believe conspiracy theories and just like the concept of truth and uh, like how in our current world, you know, truth and anti-truth and like who fuels this discussion. So so I guess it's a good cool. mix of like the overall picture and a, like specific fun things. Nice. Okay. Well, why don't I lay out some computer conspiracy theories Yay! of just the, the outlandish fun ones and then you can talk to me about why people believe it and then I can tell you how scary how many people do believe it and then we can talk about COVID <laughs> I actually haven't got any COVID theories because I was like I don't want to research them <laughs> okay so my so my favourite theory is the reptilian theory that is the one that I know the most about Yeah, I tried to find out the demographic of conspiracy theorists like what's the proportion of men women non-binary things like that I actually couldn't find much in the way of statistics around that which is really annoying so I was like I wonder if it is all just white cis men because a lot of the people that I'm talking to on the internet about this are very much in that realm that's a really interesting question and I'd love to know like the evolution of the of the demographic um so I went down a Bill Cooper rabbit hole because I did know yes. a little bit about Bill Cooper anyway um and uh for those of you who not heard of Bill Cooper before Bill Cooper is kind of like uh, the person who managed to take what was a kind of disparate group of fringe beliefs and things and then to just bring them all together into this overarching conspiracy theory universe where all of a sudden like everything was related and he didn't invent a lot of conspiracy theories himself but he was just like an incredibly good speaker he ran his radio show he wrote this hugely influential book called to ride a pale horse I think that's correct and i've got loads of shit to say about him but in response to what you said baby boomer baby boomer generation and in my research i've come across the theory that you know a lot of this kind of hotbed of like birth of conspiracy theory is based around that generation being brought up under the threat of nuclear war, like growing up as children with this constant sense of anxiety and then they all live through the Cold War and then they have this fantasy of kind of the America that never was, which, you know, is in resurgence now. You know, make America great again, the white picket fences that never fucking existed. And it's this idea that like there once was this beautiful time, but there's somebody stopping you having it and it's all wound up in this incredible paranoia and sense that something wrong and it gives birth to lots of these overarching conspiracy theories like was it MJ12 was the first one and then that that was like the new world order, this idea that there's this secret cabal and there's like a really anti-Semitic threads to that. Some people think they're all Jewish. Some people think they're just like rich people who control the whole world. And QAnon is probably something that people might have come across being thrown around and it's just like the latest evolution of this idea that like the, you know there's something very wrong because we're all being manipulated by this secret group of people and Bill Cooper is one of the like biggest architects of bringing that all together. Mm, yeah. Was Bill Cooper the first person to use the word sheeple? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I lean towards more the David Icke sort of thing. He's another person who brings a lot of um, conspiracy theories together, mm -hmm. um, but is very British about it, which I find Oh, tell me hilarious. about him. But David Icke is a conspiracy theorist. He's an absolutely fantastic speaker, incredibly charismatic, and he can talk for hours. And I have watched one of his lectures and I'm like, wow. The person who described David Icke in the most beautiful way, a journalist described David Icke as... This amazing researcher who wrote these books, wrote them incredibly well, has loads of research and you find yourself going, yeah, it's amazing. It's like they made this amazing punch of all these different fruits and alcohols and absolutely wonderful and then just takes a massive shit in it by going, lizard people. <laughs> 
it's, and it's exactly theory. what it is yeah. it's amazing because you're like oh wow wow no 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 that's what it's like <laughs> so what the lizard people explain is the reptilian theory mm. so the reptilian theory for me was the first conspiracy theory that i came across it was the first one it was my introduction to conspiracy theories because um i always thought i was a lizard underneath this i'm cold-blooded and i uh, shed my skin every few weeks so and you eat small mice i eat small mice and i i'm just i always like cold and green cold and green so people were like oh like a reptilian and i was like what and then someone sat me down in front of a laptop and i watched about 12 hours of youtube videos about reptilians and i'll never get those 12 hours back and nor do i want them (laughs) so uh Time well spent. (laughs) The reptilian theory. Uh, Reptilians, also known as reptoids or lizard people. Reptoids is my favourite word. It Mm. just sounds adorable. It sounds like a cream. Uh, Purported reptilian humanoids. So they're reptilian. So they're like that figure that looks human, but represents a reptile. So if you drew a lizard person, that's what it looked like. (laughs) That's what I can really say. That play a predominant role in a lot of um, science fiction (laughs) and stuff. It appears a lot in uh, late 60s science fiction. The idea that reptilians are shape-shifting aliens that control the earth by taking on different human forms. They gain political power to manipulate human societies. Uh, multiple different occasions, leaders have been proclaimed to be reptilians. David Icke was the main person in the <laughs> forefront of this. The first book he publicised about it was in 1999. And this was around about the time that he believed he was the son of God. This is when he went on TV. Sounds sane. Yep. I need to double check the dates because I think he went on TV before that because I think he went on TV in the 1990s saying he was the son of God. What happened? His dad died. He went on TV, said he was the son of God. He had to wear a blue tracksuit because it was the only way he could protect himself or something. Clear signs of schizophrenia. But obviously that was ignored and and the schizophrenia episode brought on by extreme mourning of the death of your father makes total sense. But instead was nourished in this belief and held into... um, writing a book anyway so big lizards what? they drink the power blood. of the white man i know right imagine that basically blood drinking lizards they come from the traconis star system and they now mostly hide in underground bases apart from the shape-shifting ones who are in like the major higher echelons of society including the royal family and politicians uh, the rothschilds are huge rothschilds appear everywhere they were just a rich family it's fucking ridiculous british royal family is particularly like he's convinced the queen is a lizard and i'm like i don't blame you and lady gaga angelina jolie madonna where is the evidence for this so i actually haven't read the book and i want to actually that's what mimi said before <laughs> second lockdown i'll read his book i'm david ike is my babe he lives on the isle of Wight, and one day my honest life goal is to meet him shake his hand because being successful specifically in this realm is, is is incredible on a whole new level and i i wonder if he still believes the theory or is actually secretly maybe doesn't believe the theory anymore but can't step away from the drama because it's what funds his world so uh green eyes are a good way of telling if someone's a lizard good hearing or eyesight having red hair apparently quite good a sense of not belonging to the human race feeling attacked unexplained scars on their body super attacked love of space and low blood pressure i literally have all these things including green eyes so i'm like cool great this is great so that's the general consensus david like fans have followed on forums that um physical features like a smile that shows bottom teeth eyes that change size or eyes with abnormally sized pupils so me when i'm high 
Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I found really, really interesting. Madonna is my favourite one. Britney Spears, basically lots of women who are on stage, according to a lot of conspiracy theorists. Oh, and Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton. Of course. So there you go. This sounds kind of nutty. Why were his opinions particularly allowed to be elevated into like a public sphere? Well, I think the honest truth is like with any conspiracy theory is that they're not completely stemmed in bizarreness. They're not completely broken. There are people in power. There are people who have more power than we're aware. There's people with so much money that we don't even know there exist. There is a real inequality in the world and there is a real misbalance of justice. And I think it's really easy to cling to the idea that there is something controlling all this because it would be sad if this was just the way human nature was. Yeah. And I think it's really easy to cling on to the idea that it's shit and the world is bad and things are wrong because there is something controlling them. And if you're in a position in your life where you're already going through possibly a schizophrenic episode, lizard people is what you cling to and then that becomes your safety net. And if you becomes your focus, then it becomes your control. And if you know the scary thing, then you feel safe. I think that's what I have in my head as that sort of thing. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think that a lot of the reasons conspiracy theories flourish is exactly what you said. You know, there there is a lot wrong in our world and like everyone has this sense of continual like anxiety and dread and feeling out of control. It's an odd comfort, <laughs> but but it kind of is. It gives you a reason. I, I love it. And that's one of the reasons why I became quite embedded in it. The reason I created the Lizard Act, which is a shape-shifting Lizard Act, if anyone wants to watch it when it comes back, it's going to have COVID in it, it's going to be hilarious, is this idea that people are so concerned that these people are lizards and not that they're bad people. It's like Mm. people are more comfortable with people being alien, blood-sucking, paedophile, satanic lizards than they are with them being the bad parts of the human that we have all inside ourselves. We all have narcissistic tendencies. We all have these things. I think people are so scared about the natural human existence that isn't good or bad. We're on a gradient that they have to completely repress that and look at something else that is an alien and doesn't exist. That makes total sense of that. But loads of conspiracy theories aren't built on something that's fantastical. It's like the CIA is doing this, the government is doing this. Again, like this idea that QAnon and New World Order and MJ12 purport is that there's the secret cabal of, you know, 10 people who actually really run the world. But they're just people. Um, And I think that's really interesting. Yeah, no, I'm definitely just talking about the reptile one because it's hilarious. Um, But (laughs) it's brilliant. It's so good. It's so good. And I love it. But um, the evidence for the queen being a lizard i feel like you should google it so i can see yeah <laughs> if you type in uh, queen of england reptilian it is the funniest picture i have ever seen in my fucking life amazing if you ever need to research something to keep yourself entertained thank you for the advice so yeah that's the basics of a uh, reptilian theory i feel like i can't really go into it too much because otherwise we'll take over the whole episode with it so my next theory, one of the reasons I find it so interesting and funny is because my ex is actually part of this conspiracy theory. It is the flat earth theory. Oh, yes. Let's uh, go down this <laughs> rabbit hole. <laughs> so anyone who knows me knows that my ex is now a flat earther. Oh. I would love that if they're listening because the backlash I'll get is hilarious. <laughs> lucky for me, they don't know where I live anymore. So the flat earth theory is not a new theory. The, the idea that the earth is flat is a very, very old theory, but the modern flat earth theory is called modern flat earth societies they don't like to be called a theory they're a society sure that makes it less crazy yeah 
are organizations that promote the pseudoscientific I love the word pseudoscientific belief that the earth is flat while denying the earth's um, uh, roundness. Uh, So the basic belief is that the earth is flat. The idea that we live on a disc, not only that we're flat, we are stationary and the sun moves around us. Now, this is the reason that I wanted to find out whether or not the predominance of the believers were white cis men, because that feels like something they'd say. This is medieval. Yeah. What? This is like Terry Pratchett meets fucking the first season of Blackadder. <laughs> Flattest theories are actually becoming one of the conspiracy theories where their numbers are going up. With more and more people believing this, the idea that like period pictures of the Earth as a ball from space are all created as a lie to make us believe the Earth is round. And if you want to go to Australia... There's some theories that Australia is actually just a place full of actors. Mm, I've heard that. In like an island off the coast of France. <laughs> oh, I love it. This is what makes me think. It's like to think that you live in the Truman Show is the ultimate epitome of narcissism. Yeah. So they got the basic concept is that it's on a flat disc. All the countries are just like lingering in the middle and the Antarctic is around the outside and the Arctic is in the middle. So that's how it is. As if you peeled up the earth from the bottom and flapped it on like a pancake. Okay. That's what they think. And you literally would just drop off the edge. Into? Um, okay. There's a lot of this. There's a lot of this. I love this emoji. very annoying. It's my favourite one. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's super, super duper fun. My favourite reasons. There are so many. To what end? Like what? Why? So many different things. Uh, some people believe it was a distraction to gain power and control. There's a loads of theories that the Pope's involved to basically keep people like interested in following religion. Whoa, whoa. The papacy who burnt as heretics, if I remember correctly, or at least murdered and imprisoned people for suggesting that the world was round, which would mean that we weren't the centre of the universe, which was completely contradictory to Catholic teaching, those people now believe that that very same institution did a complete 180 and is like, let's just pretend the world's round. Yeah. Sorry to all the people who died. That is absolutely crazy. (laughs) Right, good. Good to know. So basically, I'm trying to dig into why... Why? Why? Because that's the main thing I have. I'm like, but why? Why would it? Why would it matter if the Earth mm. was flat or round? If it was, why is this being lied about? And it's, it's just to keep us confused and to not know where we are, to not know to hold information. Some people say it was a big distraction from something else that was happening at the time, and satellites and information and all kinds of data bullshit. Yeah. So basically, this is one of the um what seems to be a new real one that's like bringing a lot of people into it um it's it's terrifying and i find it so beautifully fascinating and the theories of how the earth is flat and why they know the earth is flat my favorite theory that they brought forward so this guy went to the third annual conference of flat earthers 2019 and he was like okay cool but how do you know that the earth is flat he's like and literally one person was like if I drop this ball, it doesn't roll away from me like on a curve. It's flat. It stays where it is. And I'm like, have you met gravity? Gravity is a lie. It's like, how big do they think the world is? It's another part of it. Gravity doesn't exist. It doesn't need to exist because we're not on a ball. Sure. Okay, but... Because we're just flat. (laughs) But even if we were just flat, what would stop us just floating away into space? Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) 
But there's another theory that space isn't like that. We don't float away. Oh, great. So that's also been constructed <laughs> by scientists. A lot of people who believe the Earth is flat. To keep us in our place. To stop us getting into the atmosphere. <laughs> a lot of the flat Earthers are very similarly linked to people that believe in chemtrails and the faked moon landing. So very, very like this at this point. Very, very like this. And not much crossover with lizard people, which I find fun. There is a whole podcast, which I really wish now I'd listened to, about how the resurgence in flat earth conspiracy is tied to neo-Nazism. Yes. So go and listen to that, people. Oh, yeah. It's um scary because one thing that is very, 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 very real, the one statistic that I can tell you that it is a very, very right wing dominated field. Conspiracy theories are predominantly white wing views and to the extreme. So neo-Nazism is super, super common. People just want to cling on to a reason why they can be racist. Please tell me your ways. <laughs> I heard like what you say is true, but it's kind of like half the story. It's that weird ironic thing where like you once you go so far in each direction, you get the same kind of extreme because there's also like extreme like libertarians love conspiracy theory, which is very much like fuck rules, fuck government, fuck authority. I don't want to be controlled. I want to be free to do whatever I want. And then extreme authority loving, which is fascism essentially, isn't it? And it's like they both kind of condense into these conspiracy theories, but it's sort of like they're, it's two halves. I don't think right wing isn't libertarian in that sense. So like right wing, I don't think is like wanting rules and stuff like that. I think the fuck the government, I want to be able to do and say what I want is right wing. Uh, That's true. Yes. Oh, but fascism is to do with authority. I thought fascism... And in episode 25, we'll teach you some fascism. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, I think I've got something about this. Go on. I'm actually really interested because I am literally like, okay, so fascism... I think it exists on two spectrums because on one hand you've got like a lot of conspiracy theories buy into this whole like let's all love and freedom and individuals and believe and do what you like and live this life free from like rules and regulations. Freedom from regulation, you're absolutely right, is part of like some part of right wing politics yeah, doesn't go part. into that. Um, but that is in opposition to fascism and like neo-nazism is not about like let's not live by rules it's about let's live by these very specific set of rules yes it's usually to do with uh, fascism as dictatorships and foreseeable power that suppresses so it's a very visible power that suppresses freedom of expression yeah but the things you're talking about are both right wing inherently but but also both left wing like there's these two things exist as left and right yeah that's my point i'm saying right wing views Okay, but we were talking about neo-Nazism at the time and fascism, which is why... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm talking about the racism and the actual, like, the... Oh, God, the right-wing view of it as well. And again, I'm not saying that you're wrong at all. And I think, again, one of the reasons why conspiracy theories are fascinating is that it kind of brings together groups of people who would just never normally sit comfortably together. So one of the really interesting things about Bill Cooper is that a lot of his book ended up having a massive influence over hip-hop because it got spread through kind of two very distinct circles, which was underground rap scene Mm. um, in prisons and through street culture, which is why you'll hear on like artists 
authors like Tupac and Public Enemy and Nas's work and loads and loads of like really famous influential rappers will name check Illuminati and they're all read out of this Bill Cooper book and then on the other hand you've got right-wing gun shows and like Libertarian or like you know extreme right-wing movements and again like his work really resonates there and his opinions are really interesting because on the one hand he'll kind of scream at his audiences about believing that you know women should have the rights to abortion like it should be pro-choice a kind of anti-racist rhetoric he'd like yell at his predominantly white audiences about you know the only reason that you don't care about Rodney King because that's the era that we're talking about is because it's not happening to you which is like extreme anti-racist rhetoric but at the same time it's absolutely adored by bigots and racists and sexists and misogynists everywhere it's this odd melting point yeah, no, no, you're totally right. I totally agree tenfold. And and it's, we were talking about last time about that really scary uh, left wing that is secretly fascism and secretly. So, for example, survival of the fittest and anything around there where it's like, oh, yeah, I'm a hippie and I believe in love and everything, but I'm not wearing a mask and that old grandma over there could die because it doesn't matter to me because they're old. Yeah. Basically, my theory is if you believe something so steadfastly that you are willing to risk your or someone else's life for it, you've got a lot of issues because you should always be prepared to go, okay, all right, let's have a think. Because if you don't have that, then you literally have the capacity just to stay in a box. There we go. I hate everyone. Cool. Glad. I'm so glad we got to this part of the podcast. Yeah. And, you know, the way I always think of it is like the extremes of either end is basically the same. Hey, it's almost like it's a globe and you can go all the way around and end up at the same point in either direction. Okay, do you want to hear a scary statistic? Great, why not? Cool. So the search term flat earth has tripled in the last two years. Yeah. In fact, a recent government poll in the United States found that two thirds of Americans aged between 18 and 24 believe that the earth is round. So only two thirds. (laughs) There's a third of teenagers going into the adulthood in America that believe the earth is flat. They're at school. Well, you know, but you're talking about a country that teaches creationism in schools. Is there, what's the co, what's the crossover between creationism and flat earth? Because presumably the Bible, they think the earth is flat. Yeah, that's a good point. I um, actually have very little about creationism and dinosaurs. It pisses me off too much. Oh, so in some conspiracies, I genuinely can't research because I'm like, no. <laughs> you realise that we've also just now fueled a percentage of people looking up flat earth on Google. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> we are responsible for not point no 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 one percent of that statistic now. <laughs> okay, I've got two theories, and then I'm done. Chemtrails. Okay, no, cool. I'm enjoying it. Chemtrails. Chemtrails is the idea that um, the government's putting chemicals into the air and water, possibly biological um, chemical agents left in the sky by flying aircrafts <laughs> to spray <laughs> certain chemicals that either make us buy things. Right. To make us docile or to make us ill in a certain way to make a drug very popular to help pharmaceutical companies. So that's the main thing. Mm. One of the reasons they believe this is because, you know, when you see an airplane in the sky, it's a clear day and you see that it's leaving a little trail behind it. That's what they think of the chemtrails are. <laughs> just I just feel like we should all just think about that for a minute. But the thing that blows my mind with all of this stuff, and this is a great example of it, is that governments and corporations have 
and will and are poisoning water supplies and ground supplies and agriculture supplies and destroying nature through a whole load of very well-documented, non-secretive ways. There is absolutely no need to invent the scenario. <laughs> Just watch Erin fucking Brockovich, for God's sake. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's the whole thing. Is it one of the American cities or states that's having this long-running feud over like poisoned water? And this is, of course, completely global, not just happening in America. Like, there's there's no need to invent reasons to be angry about this. There is plenty of things that actually uh, it is happening. <laughs> I read these things, they get so fucking, you know, the exact same thing. It's like people talking about poisoning and stuff like that. It's like, can you please go fight for like swamps that are being destroyed and wetlands that are being completely taken and bought and ruined? Can you please go fight for those things where you can actually see the world being destroyed step by step can you please stop sitting in your underpants in your mum's basin complaining about a weird line you can see behind an airplane and actually go and tie yourself to a fucking tree and do something worthwhile with your life what she said i have one more theory <laughs> i love it uh, it's what it comes back to what you're saying about like it's the kind of narcissism and arrogance and the get out of jail isn't it like i guess if the conspiracy theories are so big that you can't do anything about them as an individual it kind of absolves you of actually kind of maybe do it doing something yeah maybe, but you're talking you about it so therefore you're changing the world you're curing the sheeple <laughs> Go on, what's your last i'm a sexy theory? sheeple <laughs> <laughs> remember when we used to have shows and we did one called reverie where we all had to dance around like sheep not you not me i was not putting the sheep cushion actually not me either i just made other people do it in fact not us but other people that we know in my it show it was barmageddon i know we loved it <laughs> right so i have loads of information on chemtrails but i feel like i'm gonna i'm gonna move away from it because otherwise we'll be here forever my favorite theory okay you ready yeah the conspiracy theory that i didn't realize was a conspiracy theory until i was like <clears throat> So, there is a theory, and it's really, really shocking, so brace yourself. Okay. A lot of conspiracy theorists actually hold on to this, and it is huge. A theory claims that the Coca-Cola company internationally changed an inferior formula with new Coke, with the intent of either driving up demand for the original product or permitting reintroduction of the original to the new formula using cheaper ingredients. Coca-Cola president Donald Kioff rebutted this charge with the truth is we're not that dumb and we're not that smart either <laughs> brilliant basically conspiracy theories believe that they changed the ingredients in coke and didn't tell anyone it is a huge conspiracy theory and it's like oh my god get a job really but they yeah. did change the formula of coke because obviously it doesn't have cocaine in it anymore what they did that's it again a, that's a myth oh, coke never had cocaine oh, in it yeah. sad times but it is obviously the original coke tonic that they used to sell is different to the drink we call it now but what they claim like very recently they j- just changed it again yeah they just like changed it with cheaper ingredients like it's just the most bizarre thing great ever brilliant hang on i'm just quickly googling cocaine in coke because i read that it didn't i think you're right it is happen. a myth it did have something, though. It had, like, a really light form of heroin or something in it, didn't it? I'm sure the original tonic had something that we obviously... Yeah, I think the original, original tonic, but when it started being sold as a bottled thing... Bottled thing. <laughs> so, cocoa was invented in 1885 by John Pemberton, a pharmacist from Atlanta, Georgia, who concocted the original formula, backyard, Pemberton's recipe. It did contain cocaine. Mm-hmm. The form of extract of cocoa leaf was inspired as a cocoa part of the name. Cocaine was legal at that point, but obviously, obviously, when it was no longer legal, they didn't have it in the coke. So that's it. Oh. 
It also had mercury in it. <laughs> Jesus, okay. There you go. That's a great conspiracy theory yeah. for you. That's absolutely true. You drank mercury. Okay, cool. <laughs> you drank mercury. Tell me again about chemtrails. <laughs> oh, God. I love, 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 love. Did you know that 29% of Americans believe that the deep state is against Trump and is trying to stop him in power? So anyway, that's my, like... Here is information on some conspiracy theorists that now hopefully our dear listeners will go away and be like, well, maybe the earth is flat. And maybe it is. I'm prepared to be wrong. I am prepared to be wrong on every single count of my life. Bring it. I think it's really good to be prepared to be wrong. I feel like a round earth is not going to be one we're going to have to worry about. Oh my god! Otherwise, you're uh, oh, what's the word? People always say that atheists are fanatic. This fanatical science. I shouldn't really go down this black hole because this isn't today's topic. <laughs> it's like, well, no, because if you're prepared to be proved wrong by evidence, then you're not a fanatic. That's a wholly religious thing. Yeah. <sighs> but the one thing about conspiracy theories is that no matter what, even if they are presented with evidence suggesting against their opinion all they have to do is say that the evidence is fake yeah. there is no winning you can't win with the conspiracy theorists because it'll always come down to well the evidence is faked this is why we're in such a nightmare at the moment isn't it like this kind of social media unfact checked death of expert post-truth hellhole that we all now reside in is just like having mm. this new flourish of like the the rebirth of the next generation of conspiracy theory because of the set of circumstances that we currently live in do you know what Pizzagate is? Tell me about Pizzagate. Pizzagate is what special uh it's um it's to do with QAnon and I'm going into it because of what you said about the Donald Trump thing so before you go any further can you define QAnon as a theory and what's going on I will try thanks like chemtrails QAnon could we'd be here for weeks I don't even understand all of it and I have done like listened to some things and done a bit of research I did screenshot a newspaper article definition of QAnon which is useful and hilarious but in essence i'll tell you what qanon's main belief is but qanon is the evolution the next level up from the world is run by this elitist cabal and i love it when you say cabal by the way that's great say it again it? cabal mm. cabal that's the name of our bar <laughs> cabal, <laughs> cabal! <laughs> Yes, <laughs> which is like the underpinning of all conspiracy theories, isn't it? Which is essentially there's like a small group of people in charge who are like, you're not supposed to know about them. And then there's always been this thing, whether you call them the Illuminati, whether you call them the New World Order, whether you call them, what do you call them? The Jews. Like, again, you know, so much of like kind of this ripe soil of anti-Semitism, which was one of the one of the cultures that enabled the Nazis, you know, again, is rooted in conspiracy theory. Yes, that's one thing I really want to hammer home to everyone was like the Nazis Mm. belief and what happened in those years was a conspiracy theory that got out of Mm. hand yeah and we should be worried yeah we should be worried not to go down uh, so many rabbit holes in this wonderful topic Um, so Bill Cooper um, revived something called the principles of Scion have you heard of this oh 
Yes. Which is this... Go forth. And, <laughs> Tell us. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and again, we could talk about this for hours. So for those of you who know loads about this, you're probably going to be like, she's giving a really shit definition, but we can't be here all day. So it basically is purported to be the minutes of a secret meeting between like really powerful Jews about basically the people who ran the world and were all subject to their whims and they were evil and they ran everything. And it's, you know, this very anti-Semitic view of like being controlled by these liberal elitist Jews. And so it turns out that the principles of Sion were faked by the Russian secret police. Obs. And actually, that the Nazis always knew that they were fake. They never believed that they were true. But they capitalised massively off the culture of anti-Semitism that this fueled prior to the Second World War. Um, yeah, isn't life great? And Bill Cooper, in his book, revived the principles of Sion. But he wasn't particularly, if I understand correctly, anti-Semitic. So he just, he basically republished them as is. But it was just at the beginning, it was like, you should just change the word Jews to Illuminati because it's not really about Jews it's just about important cabal (laughs) collection of people who just run everything but didn't actually change any of the text (laughs) he just told them like this is correct it's just that they got it wrong it isn't really Jews it's like a whole other group of people and they just republished it all Let's circle back to Pizzagate. So, QAnon. <laughs> I'm going to read you a definition oh, of QAnon. God. Oh my God, how do we even get to this? So, QAnon <laughs> is the latest in this version of like what the secret conspiracy is. And, and my understanding is it's incredibly yeah. kind of internet based. It's basically, yeah, the expression of our way of looking at it. So, here is a definition from The Guardian in a brilliant article about the mixture between anti-COVID protests and right-wing fascist groups and QAnon and conspiracy theories. It's a great article. Um, I will post a link in the episode notes. Quote, several t-shirts and signs alluded to QAnon, a recent US conspiracy movement already too baroque to neatly summarise. I love using the word baroque in this fashion. I don't quite know what it means, but I'm really enjoying it. Too baroque to neatly summarise, but whose central premise is that Donald Trump is waging a clandestine war against an all-knowing globalist paedophile conspiracy from his rebel stronghold in the White House. And there are genuinely huge amounts of people in the States who believe that Donald Trump is on a secret mission to dismantle a paedophile ring that exists in American politics, whose base was a randomly chosen pizza restaurant where they kept children in the basement and communicated to each other by using pizza emojis. It's 2020, people. (laughs) When you're using emojis in your conspiracy theory, I feel like that's a real good point to stop and go... Right. I the theory that Donald Trump is on a secret mission to do this is like the most glorified thing that he's permeated, that he's created. It's like it's terrifying and ah. Yes, and somebody shot up the restaurant and it was just this poor random restaurant that had nothing to do with anything. Yeah. So Pizzagate I think is like one of the sub conspiracy theories within the overarching conspiracy theory of QAnon. I didn't know specifically about the pizza theory. I think I completely blocked that out. I know like the whole like Donald Trump is here to save all the tiny children, even the unborn ones, because that's the kind of dude he be. But it's just terrifying, like right wing. Ah, oh, just conspiracy theory just really scares me because it's um we joke about it. We're joking about it now. And it's super funny when I'm like lizard people, lol, but like with the neo-Nazis, Nazism and all the things that we've seen where we see mass prejudice of people have been prosecuted throughout the world. 
stereotypes are like almost like conspiracy theory if you want to go that far into like the way that people have constructed an idea of what a person is and how they are to the point that that affects their life and their safety it is scary and it's just oh god this was supposed to be about how new coke was changed no one knew (laughs) do you want to talk about fake moon landings (laughs) let's go back to why is there wind there's no wind in space The fact of the matter is, is that this is all about power and and who is working the current situation to their power. We do have fucked institutions. The fact of the matter is we are particularly powerless and we are in some positive ways dismantling a lot of institutions and kind of voices that we've been taught are the voices of authority as we make our society more inclusive have we realized for example that a lot of the history we're taught in schools in Britain is racist and certainly like super pro-colonialist history and leaves out huge chunks like a lot of our institutions are kind of riddled with problems and systemic issues that is all true when they start to crumble who benefits and I think a lot of conspiracy theory is that war over who benefits because one group of people is massively benefiting for example like you know Donald Trump and all the dark money behind him and all of these big corporations now I sound like a conspiracy theory person is kind of using this destabilization of like lack of experts this idea of fake news that you can't trust what you read to breed this kind of hyper anxiety far right fuel basically this idea that like any truth matters all truth is valid you know this idea now that even on the BBC and now I sound, I'm saying this and I really feel like I've turned into a conspiracy theory person, but like this whole row on the BBC about presenting equal voices, but this is more complicated. It's not the case of let's discuss climate change. Let's take one scientist who says climate change is true and one scientist, maybe the only scientist who says that climate change is a complete lie and then place them on a kind of like a 50-50 equal argument as if both arguments have the same weight. Like because we live in a society where all of this is crumbling, I think, you know, for me, the bit that's terrifying is what's actually going on is how is this being manipulated who is using it to their advantage Mm. and pushing the belief in conspiracy theories as we've already discussed is one of the major things that neo-nazi groups far-right groups are are reveling in yeah well the fake news is a whole statement is gaslighting the nation Mm. gaslighting the world it's this idea of being like reality your reality is wrong Mm. don't believe that don't only believe me that's gaslighting and that's essentially abuse. Mm. And it's the same thing where it's like people are like, well, kids in school should be taught creationism and evolution and then they can make up their own mind. I'm like, no. Because it's both equal. Yeah. And giving it equal validation and argument. You should hear arguments against what you believe. This era of having this information should do is mean that we should research our own opinions and take different sources and compile our own opinions. But what it does is make people scared and cling to one that makes sense to them. Um global warming um <laughs> right global warning disparities between who voted for donald trump and hillary clinton my favorite statistic is that 47 percent of trump voters believe that man-made global warming was a hoax compared to the 2.3 of clinton's voters that is the biggest divide i've ever seen in a thing ever and it's just kind of like you'll cling to it because you don't want it to be your fault but it is and you don't want to do things to other people. It's oh, just, everyone needs to go to bed. <laughs> but now we're into COVID territory, aren't we? Because all, you and I, and I'm sure everyone listening has we're sat sure and scrolled everyone on. everyone listening. All of you. <laughs> 
And if you haven't, then I want to live in your world and not mine. I've scrolled through Facebook and seen people that we know spouting some degree of COVID conspiracy. And like the climate change thing, I think so much of it boils down to this idea like it's genuinely terrifying to imagine a global pandemic that's destroying our sense of identity, work, family, economy, health, like absolutely everything. It's genuinely terrifying and almost impossible to imagine the fact that our whole planet is dying in a way that we might be too late to do anything about. Oh God, every time I think about it, uh, yeah, it just it, it uh, ooh, it's it's awful, and um, mm. and it's so inconceivable that I can understand. Although I, particularly with COVID, drives me up the wall. People wanting to think that it's all an exaggeration, it's too far, it's fake, it's just the government trying to control us, rather than have to deal with the hideous reality of the situation. But the bit where my brain detaches when it comes to a lot of conspiracy theories is that I'm, I'm with you to that point. But now you've invented something completely seemingly impossible. Like oh, everything we've just said, now you've lost me again. GPS masks. What? GPS masks. Tell me GPS about this. Mask. <laughs> Tell me about it. Two theories. The chemtrail group believe that there's chemicals being put in the disposable masks to make us buy things. <laughs> but we've already made to buy things through our phones. Have you They just exist. You're not buying Snapple because you bought a mask. You're buying Snapple because they made you believe that they don't advertise, but they do. And it's really mind fucking. Yeah. Uh, also masks. Um, they're using masks to control us and track us. It's just like, take that phone out of your pocket and smash it if you're worried about being tracked because you've literally signed away your fucking life. Delete your Facebook account. And even when you deleted it, it's still there yeah. because you can still sign on and it still exists. It'll never disappear. Oh yeah. The, the absolute overwhelming irony of anybody posting about how COVID is a conspiracy theory by the government to control our behaviour on Facebook which is completely <laughs> documented app that records everything you do, everything you say on a phone that does the same thing. It just, it, it, again, like I just, you know, I, now I want to punch the world. <laughs> oh, oh no, it's, it's, it's so ridiculous and it's so bizarre. And there was one guy spouting on a YouTube video that it was just the government just wanted to show their control and just get people to do what they want by wearing it. I was like looking at the white man being like, oh, you've never you've never been told to wear anything before, have you? Oh, watching oh, white wow. men have to negotiate a world for the first time where what they're wearing and how they behave in public is subject to policing just is one of my favourite things. I'm like, oh, it's annoying, is it? Does that, hmm. do you feel like maybe you can't just do whatever the fuck you want whenever you feel like it? Whoa, yeah, do you feel be... a little bit unsafe in your decisions and that you'll be judged for these things? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Oh. Put your nose inside the mask. Put, Steve. Dick nose. Dick nose Steve, needs to dick be a nose. thing. Dick nose. Your schnoz. Yeah. Your schnoz needs to go in. <laughs> need to make schnoz t-shirts, to <laughs> which just has pictures of noses out of masks. So we've just dick nose written on it. It's like, why are you wearing a chin hammock? Why are you wearing a chin hammock? <laughs> But I, I can't like the just again and the sanctimony of people who believe in conspiracy theories of sheeple. You're just sheeple. sheeple. Well, that's what it is. Oh. So my research kind of went into the place where I was like, I wanted to find out how people become conspiracy theorists. What is the thing that happens to make them big? And I watched lots of videos and a lot of people talk about their origin story, kind of like how they became conspiracy theorists. And the way it works is so scary and manipulative. I'm not going to go into incels, but it is the same thing for incels. Is it like this red pilling? Kind of idea. 
it's kind of it's red pilling where it's every single time you come across a new site or a new person they always start with this sentence i know this sounds crazy (laughs) because by acknowledging that they know it is and then presenting evidence they're creating this kind of weird equal playing field where they're like i know exactly what you're thinking i thought the same things too we're the same but they do the thing where they basically go but there's something in you that tells you that you don't know everything Man, that's clever. Which is true. We all have that because we don't know everything. I don't know anything. And and, and it just exists, the whole like anxiety of the world. And it's this really manipulative language about, I know it sounds crazy, but this is how it is. And they present you with evidence and the evidence starts small, gets bigger and gets more ridiculous and more ridiculous. And all of a sudden you start believing that your mother's a fucking shape-shifting lizard. Believing or knowing. Um, According to a study in 2019, 60% in the UK believe at least one conspiracy theory. Do you know what? I can believe that because uh, we haven't touched on 9-11. And again, there's not time to go into detail on all of these. I don't have time to do that. But at the same time, like, uh... even I'm somebody who's like, I just can't quite shake this feeling that the American government had something to do with this. (laughs) But not necessarily like that they invented the whole thing. Because again, they're all based on some kind of truth, aren't they? Because the fact of the matter is, is that a lot of American foreign policy over the last few years, particularly in relation to areas like Afghanistan, has impact all countries' foreign policy has impact well it's, it doesn't have to be that they controlled it or anything like that like I, I, I can honestly say that I believe a few conspiracy theories in the fact that I not believe them to the point where I'm like oh my god but I'm also like it's not completely out there yeah and the fact that we don't know everything how we're not there's no way in hell we know everything there is more stuff going on than we'll ever know the simple fact that my one is always the simple fact that you can't really you don't know the richest people in the world they are invisible that's how like I'm always like if you have money, you don't exist. And that's scary. But yeah, uh, I don't know. The 9-11 one, I'm always a bit like, it makes sense that anything I know about the American government, them letting it happen wouldn't surprise me. Shady. Mm. Yeah. Uh, you totally see how people get red pills. My husband, we're having dinner last night. And as we often do, what's the topic on this week's gin cell? And he came up with an annoyingly interesting thought I thought might pick your brains on. Please do. Please, 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 please. Which is the connectivity between religious faith and conspiracy theories. Oh, it's huge. (laughs) Yeah. If you teach massive groups of people that there is a benefit and that's not even the strong enough word is it that there's a a virtue you're a better person for believing something without proof do you not form the groundwork for shit like this do you feel like the world that you live in has been unjust to you like like if you've been on the receiving end of injustice that's what religion does it's like well there is these greater things or there's another thing at play it gives reason and gives people fuel and validation and also the simplest thing the simplest thing that i can find is why people think there has been a huge resurgence of the conspiracy theory is that people want to be a part of something people want to feel connected to a group and they want to feel supported Mm. and they want to be able to talk and nerd out we're social creatures so giving people a passionate connection like religion is kind of makes sense and is important there's also the theory that one of the reasons religion perpetuates is because there's an evolutionary advantage to attaching meaning and motivation to everything so for example uh, the person way back when we were cave people who survived was the one who thought like every rustle of the leaves was a, was a predator coming to eat them so it's this kind of like invention of constant cause and effect and imagination <sighs> which you 
people argue is one of the kind of Darwinian cranes of religion and presumably conspiracy theory is all tied up into that, the ways our brains are like hardwired to sort of invent these threats. That makes sense. And to believe them without without foundation. Uh, absolutely fascinating. I, I am prepared to acknowledge that exists. That is really, really interesting. So I found an article that was written in December 2019. Conspiracy theory, everyone talks about it as if it's a new thing. If it's a new thing and everyone thinks that it's on the on the up. Recent studies have shown it is not on the up. It is exactly the same. Uh, really? It's the same way that religion has always existed as a sort of thing. Like conspiracy theory has always existed. There has always been groups of people that have rejected the idea of the norm in order to create societies and stuff. The difference between it now is that societies actually develop and networks develop due to social media and internet and information and the way things are spread. So there is a theory that conspiracy theories come in cycles. So between 20 and 30 years, there is mm-hmm. always an upsurgence of conspiracy, which makes sense now because the last one was really like 2004, that kind of era, the early noughties. So one around about now kind of makes sense. And then it would be the 70s, yeah. wouldn't it? Which would be the kind of Cold War yeah. period. So there's this idea that it's always in this like cycle of resurgence. Um, this is a, this is a study that was done by Yusinski and Parent uh, in 2010 was the first time they did the study. And basically they did it by looking at news articles and the mention of conspiracy theories in comparison to events and how much they appeared in years. And they started the study um, looking back at newspapers in like 1930s and the 1920s. And this kind of idea idea and then this idea that it does exist anciently as well but because of the way that society existed it's possible that people just kept them to themselves and they didn't have the outreach in the network that we do have now but of course these sort of things like conspiracy theories haven't been really documented as theories and as things in the scale until the last 50 years 20 years is the last like real like documentation of conspiracy theory so i thought that was a really interesting study that is interesting Mm. i think now you've said that there's something in the back of my mind when we did um like reformation and counter-reformation at school when they translated the bible into english people would be like down the local taverns and be like you see jesus and god's three-headed dog three-headed dog (laughs) like all these kind of like really kind of crazy sort of conspiracy theories based on sort of having knowledge that you didn't really know what to do which was one of the arguments for not translating the bible which was that you can't let ordinary people read this who knows what shit they'll come with apparently yeah not. fascinating <laughs> and totally totally right and um so i just thought that was really interesting because i was like it is, yeah. there is new but i was like no it's an it's a human thing as long as we've had a system there are people that believe that those systems are corrupt which is good i think there is a real importance i think conspiracy theory needs to exist but you need to take everything as a challenge and not as truth to the point where you shoot up a random pizza restaurant because of a youtube video I'm worried about the human race. I'm worried about the planet. And I'm worried that nothing will change before I die. Yeah. I mean, I think that's probably very likely. Jinso! Hey! (laughs) (laughs) This is why critical thinking is so important, isn't it? Like source questioning. Because I agree with you. Like, you know, we should question the establishment. We should wonder if more is going on. You know, we should not just believe on face value everything that gets fed to us by those in power. But you have to question your sources. Like, never is that more important than the world we live in now where, like, one voice equals anyone else's voice. Mm. And where you have such a sophisticated model of misinformation 
dissemination. Oh, I'm all about the good words today. Thank you. Particularly through things like Facebook. Like, you know, this is the new terrorism in lots of ways, isn't it? This is the new propaganda. This is the new form of, now again, I sound... And now I know this is going to sound crazy. <laughs> the new form of state control. But it's right-wing groups and dark money sources are incredibly good at presenting things that seem logical and then just push you further and further and further. If you really want to fall down a rabbit hole, which I'm not going to go into now because it's a rabbit hole that I've avoided because, you know, I don't as yet have absolutely nothing to do. It's all about comedy memes and like fascist far-right groups behind seemingly innocuous comedy memes, um, which just lead you further and further and further down this road of racist thinking or kind of, you know, fascist thinking. Question sources. This is the thing. Just stop spouting out views because your mate wrote it on Twitter. Always ask the source whenever you're not sure, because a lot of people I spoke to in the last few years about where they get sources or their news and stuff like that. People are like, I don't know where to get it. I don't know what to do. I'm like, I read like four or five different sources on an article if I can, just to kind of get the baseline Mm. of what different people are saying, looking at language. And the question I always ask myself whenever I read an opinion is what is the person in power or the opinion of power benefiting from this and who is benefiting yeah because once you start hearing the voices come from different places you can then start to piece together what actually happened it shouldn't be that way but sadly as humans we are naturally biased due to the world and society we've been brought up with we have stimulus that has created us to be these racist misogynistic humanoids that are secretly lizards everyone's opinion has an agenda your opinion has an agenda my opinion has an agenda newspapers um just following on from what you did say, Rich, that is actually something that does come up. The Epstein stuff was a conspiracy theory. But the thing is, I don't think it was a conspiracy theory. I think it was the fact that it was just known and accepted, which is more disgusting than a conspiracy theory. Well, lots of conspiracy theories sent around this idea that those in power are paedophiles, which I think is interesting. Where does that come from? And then when you have something like Epstein, where you have a lot of high profile people engaging in paedophilic activity or un- oh, I hate the term underage sex because that's just rape let's be real, activities. But those things are true and we should look out for them. But again, it's this weird reinforcement. I think the reason people cling to the kind of paedophilia aspect of power is because it's such a flaunt of power. It is like... Murder isn't that taboo. It is awful, but it's not a taboo. Racism is that taboo. Misogynism isn't that taboo. Assaulting women is not that taboo. Killing homosexuals is not that taboo in terms of these are awful things, but it's wildly accepted as part of our history. Paedophilia is just disgusted by everyone and it is the thing that even if you if you go to prison as a paedophile you'll get beaten up by rapists it's like this kind of weird like it's the most and it's kind of like if you have that much power you can get away with that i think that's it yeah it's that ultimate thing against something that you can never argue isn't innocent i guess isn't it it's like cannibalism but even cannibalism i think is less taboo than paedophilia yeah definitely I agree. Which is fascinating. I heard a conspiracy... Oh, oh, okay, sorry to interrupt, because it will go out of my mind. Get back <laughs> I finally made the connection. I finally made the connection between burlesque and conspiracy theories. <laughs> and it's this conspiracy theory that... Oh, thank you, brain. That the reason that they're not opening arts venues and theatres and all of that is because with Brexit coming, we're going to suffer a major labour shortage of jobs that would normally be done by people from Europe. So like, you know, factory work catering hospitality oh so they're making all the strippers do it <laughs> why are you you're so self-reflective actors oh no I was making it funny you're fine 
in yeah. like the alive know, us, you know, yeah. has a huge population of like young people. I was making okay. it funny. Okay. It's called a quip. <laughs> I found it hilarious. For you, sure. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, so it's like Dominic Cummings' secret plans to like fill all of these jobs by making performers do it and people who work in theatres, which, you know, wasn't that out there. It's like the shittest workforce you could ever have. Like, we're just, I'm not lifting it. No, I'll fill out five risk assessments, say, Is there a risk assessment for this? <laughs> I'm sorry, is there a risk assessment? Is this flambard? Is I this can't flambard? because the fumes will hurt my voice. The fumes will hurt my voice. Oh, I'm feeling a bit, I'm feeling a bit tight. <laughs> just in very throaty today. <laughs> I just, I just, I just can't. Sometimes you just can't. Oh, they're going to regret that decision. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that one, Dom. There you go. A performance for less like related conspiracy theory to do with Brexit. Well done. I am impressed. Tell me the your others. <laughs> okay, so I found an article in The Guardian and all places, but they did fact check a few of it and the statistics where it comes from are relatively viable. They're from like a few different studies that were done over the last two years. So in the UK, people who supported Brexit were considerably more likely to give credence to conspiracy theories. So it's very similar to the kind of like Trump following. Boomers. <laughs> yeah. 71% of Leave voters believing at least one theory in compared to the 49% of Remain voters who believe a conspiracy theory. But I don't think this believing conspiracy theories is not that big a deal, I don't think. So it's kind of like, meh. Almost half, 47% of Leave voters believe the government had deliberately concealed the truth about how many immigrants were living in the UK versus 14% of Remain voters. A striking 31% of Leave voters believe that Muslim immigration was part of a wider plot to make Muslims a majority in Britain, a conspiracy theory that originated in France, far-right circles, known as the Great Replacement. I didn't go into this because it is actually, it's really, really scary. It's basically the epitome of people who feel equality is oppression. They feel their, like, their privilege mm. being stripped yeah. from them not stripped for them just like poked it's not even stripped that's not right you have to make everything about stripping oh my <laughs> shitting god <laughs> now who's funny <laughs> not me <laughs> and you can shut up on the comments um, too. but it's yeah which i found absolutely fascinating <laughs> but yeah again we could do a whole session on this we've all heard that one again to what end yeah. why why they just want a reason of why they feel a bit icky about something they just want to cling to a massive theory that they're special and that they're being victims because they they don't understand what victimhood is but who would benefit from making the uk into a muslim country uh what's the basic idea that someone else is striving for power it's just like yeah a reverse research has also found that 15 percent of leave voters and 11 percent of remain voters in britain believe that regardless who was officially in charge of the government the world was run by a secret cabal of people who control the events together so i was like okay cool so that's standard where the most widespread conspiracy belief in the uk shared by 44 percent of people was that even though we live in what's called a democracy a few people always run the world in the country we live in i think that's fair I think these are fair things. I think, yeah. Because again, you have this thing as well, don't you? Which ties into this whole like, you know, it's actually really run by 1% or whatever. Like we do have a 1%. We do have this complete disparity between absolute extreme wealth and the rest of us. And again, there's that sole statistic. What is it like? 
most carbon emissions are done by a 10 company, 10 individuals who own these companies. Every single person on the planet could cut down their carbon footprint by half or to zero and it wouldn't change unless these group of people change their corporate practices. Which is why I'm always just like, why are you guilt tripping me about throwing away a fucking bag oh, of crisps? It's like, awful because it's the same with like the COVID thing where they're like blaming us like naughty children and then it's like global warming and blaming us like naughty children. It's like, we are individuals that are buying from a society that we live in. You have the control and the power to change this. If you stop these companies from doing this, it will make a fucking difference. But instead, I am wondering how I could buy coffee from a place that I could refill jars from and not use the non-recycled full of oil that comes in because they make it look like it's recyclable they make it brown to make you think it's recyclable and it's not and you're like i am an horrible person and i'm going to hell (laughs) i have a conspiracy theory that i think you'll enjoy it's the only Mm -hmm. conspiracy theory that i actually kind of believe okay and everyone's gonna find out i'm secretly insane i'm here for it i'm not crazy but have you ever felt i know this is gonna sound crazy i don't think it actually sounds as crazy I had a lover. Yes, I said lover. Lover. Um, A couple of years ago. Wonderful creature. And uh, we met up recently. I say recently, like a year ago, uh, for a drink and a catch up. And they're wonderful. They're a very creative soul. And I think they're lovely. But they said, I've got a conspiracy theory. And I was like, go on. (laughs) And they were like, I think Greta has been made up in a think tank. And I was really? like, what? Oh, no, no, no. But I love it. I love it so much because it's like, go on. And he was like, all right. So we need the world to come together and to fight for global warming. But we know that it's bad. We know this shit's going on. We've seen the statistic, but no one cares about it. But what if we put a child in front of everyone? What if we put a child in front of everyone who's passionate and cares about the world and the change and can stand up and can speak eloquently but also has just enough wrong with them in terms of like their Asperger's and stuff so they are an underdog in that side they're kind of the perfect protagonist in this they're kind of as he's a writer this person I'm talking about and he's like they dreamt up this incredible protagonist to lead this thing and it's not a bad conspiracy theory it's just the idea that we need to do something we wouldn't do it on our own so like look at this young person doing it and you're like yeah I'm gonna be better because they're leaving school to do this but that's not a conspiracy theory that's just how PR works like of all the people talking about climate change but where does it <laughs> end? choose this one no oh the conspiracy theory she's an actor right okay I like it. I, it. That is nice in that it's kind of, I feel like a harmless conspiracy theory. I mean, unless it makes you want to go out and destroy it, which obviously is not good. And people do think. I don't believe it, but I like the idea oh, yeah, that we had cute. to do PR to save the earth. Yeah, well, it's all about PR, isn't it? Mm. So that's a really positive way of that. Um, did you know? Okay. And then we probably have to wrap up. Just because I think it's better if we always end Jin Salt feeling mildly depressed rather than inspired enough lip lips. Oh, for fuck's sake, Pest. <laughs> Don't you tickle me, Pest, on a public podcast. <laughs> All right, temper. Did you? Yeah, that's that's kind of sounds cool. Like tiny temper. <laughs> Which I never thought sounded cool. I always thought it just sounded like a child having a tantrum. I know. Tiny temper. <laughs> but I like the idea of temper. In 1991, Bill Cooper predicted that the government would fabricate 
school shootings as a way to make people give up their gun rights. 1991. And it's what been in the last few years that that has become a thing where people think that survivors of school shootings are actors. And now I've just killed Lolo's day. (laughs) I hate everything. (laughs) It's like, do you care about your guns that much to think that something has been fabricated? Oh my God, I hate... I hate guns. I hate yeah, guns yeah. so much. And they're all actors, which feeds into the Greta Thunberg conspiracy theory. I don't understand. I know there's a lot of actors in the world that don't have employment. I know that there's a lot of actors, but I, we're not that well paid. So don't... <laughs> I, it's it's not a, like industry to go into. To I don't... I don't... I don't... Oh, it's so stressful. There aren't... Uh, we're not... No, go away. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, our producer is just very helpfully just to seal the nail in the coffin of our opinion of humanity said that sadly that's the same with the tube bombers and there's yeah. a conspiracy theory around that that basically says the same thing oh yeah it's really scary there's one woman who got like chased and harassed and attacked because she was in two attacks mm-hmm. where she was on the tube and then she was on a bus and it, but she was in both of them and she got massively harassed by conspiracy theorists she's been hounded at her house she had to move change her number her car got smashed and it's like she's been through two attacks like that is statistically like admittedly really hard but also at the same time so shit so shit lightning does strike twice by the way it, that's also a myth but again, it comes down to this really sad thing of being like, it's it's much less scary, I think, to believe that that woman would be an actor than it is to believe that life is so spectacularly unfair that you could be so unfortunate through no fault of your own to be wrapped up in two different terror attacks. Yeah, this is another thing when people like that get so hell bent on that kind of idea. It's like you live in such a world of privilege where these things are a rarity. You don't live in countries where attacks are every day mm. and these things happen or you don't actually go out in the street worry about your safety. This the idea that two bad things could happen to someone is so far fetched from your reality that you've never walked with having a vulva, you've never wanted to hold your partner's hand, but you're of the same sex. You aren't the sex that your gender is, and it's you are so far from the idea that violence happens that you have to fabricate these things, and that scares me more than anything else. I think that's true, but I think there's other stuff going on there as well. Again, I think it's um it's rooted in people have to believe that there's some kind of fairness to the world because the fact that there isn't fairness to the world is spectacularly terrifying and that's where you get a lot of victim blaming culture come into it you have to invent reasons why awful things happen to people because of the fact of the matter is that awful things can just happen to anybody a lot of people just cannot get out of bed in the morning if they accept that's a reality on that note (laughs) on that note uh don't worry uh listeners we will return next week we'll come up with a subject that is i don't know a breezy light moisturizer no if we do lipstick (laughs) holy shit why Why? it's gonna be awesome no anyway we'll discuss it in a week no (laughs) lipstick's horrendous i'm sure it's it's animal testing and forcing women to wear a color of no vagina lips vagina lips oh yeah I forgot but we that. like lipstick I like some now. lipstick I don't wear it when I don't have to don't you I don't like it because it stops from I've re- seen you wear lipstick outside in the world yeah but I purposely don't wear it if I even have the slightest remote chance of making out with someone but that's not not wearing out of protest that's not wearing out of practicality 
but I do love the idea of you being at home being like, don't look at me, Ruby Woo. I'm not putting you on today. A Russian red can go suck a dick. <laughs> I think it's just another way to... Uh, it's my conspiracy theory, so it's another way to control women. Anyway, so... <laughs> well, listen, we've proved that that's not a conspiracy theory. No, it's just our existence. <laughs> right, so the world exists hey. with things. It's not burlesque unless you have watched members of your community spout conspiracy theories and still have to work with them the following week. <laughs> <laughs> it's not burlesque unless you've ranted and raved on social media about how you're desperate to get back to work but still go to parties where you hug each other and don't social distance. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Oh, God on a wheel. <laughs> Do you have anything to uh, pluggity plug? Pluggity plug. I would like to plug whilst we still can, coming to see House of Burlesque Salon, which is running every Friday at Century Club. Totally curfew friendly. We finish uh, between 9 and 9.15. Not 9.30 because I got carried away and had a really good time last week. <laughs> Go on, Lolo Brown. It's not curfew, it's curfew. Oh, I love that. Curfew. <laughs> That was literally my face when that news came out. <laughs> um, I would also like to plug following us on social media so that when we do get locked down, we can spam you with all of the online things we'll be forced to do again. <laughs> oh my God, yes. Oh my God, the online thing's going to be lol. Do I bring back a Lobix? No. No. <laughs> Oh, also, uh, I haven't played the Patreon in a while, but we are so close to getting 40 members, which is my first goal. And when we get to 40 members on the Love Yourself and Above tier, Betsy and I will do a Patreon-only Q&A where you can hang out with us, drink some wine online, ask us questions. So, yeah, do do have a little look at what we've got going on, HAB Tempest Rose on Patreon, and come and have a hangsies. Ah, make it to 50 and I'll come join in on that Q&A. Oh, yeah. Thank you very much. I'm going to hold you at that word. Make it to 50 on that one. Me, Betsy and Tempest Yay! getting pissed on live. Right, we've got three. We do it over the change of the month. So we've got about two weeks to make it happen from when this comes out. 40 Betsy and I will do it. 50 Lolo. And that's only, I think it's £8 plus VAT from that per month. And you'll get some awesome content. It's lols. Oh, and also remember if it is a live Q&A, you'll find out how much rich does have in the blackmail file on us so enjoy my conspiracy theory is that rich has been slowly whispering in our ears over all of the years that we've known him that we should do a podcast just so he can collect all of the worst things that we say that gets edited out of the podcast to use against us because he really wants all of our rhinestones and knickers um i don't really have anything to plug only fans is obviously my jam do that um yeah go see the salon part of it also the pearl necklace would have opened by this so please do check that out because that's a very important show for me to keep running if that keeps running then i will survive the winter so please come and come and watch me do the thing the pearl necklace is a show run by torture garden an immersive event i highly recommend it it sounds hilarious and i cannot wait amazing i'm so gonna come I'd also, as always, like to thank Rich, who not only excellently edits this podcast, uh, but writes us some using notes in the chat function on Zoom whilst we're doing it, and does a lot of our on-the-hoof research, and without whom we would just sound like rambling showgirls. <laughs> yeah. And no one likes a rambling show. No, people are like, I see you unedited, uncensored, you're like, no. Mm. No, you really don't. That's why it's so hard to get a partner. <laughs> no one wants to. <laughs> 
<laughs> and of course, a huge thank you to Rosie Verbose for the wonderful jingle that comes at the end of this episode and at the end of all of our episodes. Uh, check out their work at Rosie Verbose, but also at Invisible Cabaret, a network and show all about uh, mental health awareness. Um, and that brings us to our last one. You guys. Thanks. Yay! We love you. We love you. You're awesome. You mm. lighten up our weeks knowing that for reasons unknown to us, you find our manicured ramblings amusing. We love your videos. We love it when you tag us. We love it when you send us little funny clips that relate to the topics that you've listened to. So. Yes. Thank you so much to one of our wonderful fans who sent us a video of uh, them as a zombie. Mm. And it was wonderful. So thank you. So more of that. Um, talk about us. Uh, spread the good word of Ginsol. Start knocking on people's doors and say, "Have you heard the good word of Rose Rosenbrow?" And ask to be invited in for a cup of tea as you dismantle their beliefs around lizard people. Have you heard the good news? Oh my god, I love Ginsol Mormons. <laughs> hi, we're the Botanicans. Can we come in? Yeah. Hi. Oh my god. Oh, that's the world that I don't know if I want to live in. I do. And please do rate and subscribe and follow and all those things. They make the world of a difference, especially considering we talk about how it's all very uncertain for us at the moment. It is getting increasingly more uncertain. Mm. We knew that it was, wasn't going to be stable, but we we know that it could get more unstable. So supporting artists in ways like sharing our work and reviewing is really, really, really amazing for us and could help the longevity of us through this shitstorm of COVID-19. Which I found really frustrating because I was like, why is it COVID-19 when it's 2020? <laughs> you dunce. And if you want to cheer yourself up after what is potentially quite a dark episode, go and check out the pop song that Vietnam released to inspire <gasps> people. I love the dance. Oh, I don't know the dance. It's so good. To, why couldn't we do something like that? To inspire people to take collective responsibility through the medium of brilliant pop. It's great. It's magical. It's just magical. It is. So thank you always, you beautiful, beautiful listeners. And um, oh, we'll see you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday. So you want to be a showgirl, a star of cabaret, but the closure of the theatres leaves a hole in your heart and in your day. Well, here's two artists who miss burlesque gigs, performing and acting moronic. People who, when life gives them lemons, just slice them up for a gin and tonic. They put the mock in mocktail, the cock in cocktail, let them show you how. It's gin salt with tempest rose and low, low brown. Give us your attention. No, I thought I had a joke on him. Yeah, fair enough. I thought you were pondering the situation and seeing how you felt about it. I had the essence of a joke. I didn't even have the idea what the joke was. I just felt it like I felt like in the back of my neck, like a sixth sense. It's like, you have a joke here. Well, do I brain then activate? And I went, nah, you're on your own. I hate that feeling. That feeling is my lockdown. (laughs) 